Relic Radio. This is Relic Radio Sci-Fi, old-time radio science fiction stories from RelicRadio.com. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall... Have you ever played the game of wondering where and when, if you had the choice, you would have picked to spend your life? Most of us probably might settle for today and where we are. The more romantic among us might opt for some favorite era we view through rose-colored glasses, the Greek or Roman Empire, the Renaissance, Shakespeare's England, but the adventurers would turn their eyes to the future, the unimagined, and the unimaginable. What might some distant tomorrow be like? You mean wipe out any inhabitants that are there, General Varden? Exactly, Dr. Tremaine. With the robots I build for you? Suppose I refuse. That's a lovely wife you have, Doctor little young for you, but then so exquisitely desirable all the more. It would be a pity for anything to happen to her. Our mystery drama, Strange New Tomorrow, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars John Beale and Terry Keene. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Hi, this is Michael Landon. I know pictures of your family are important, so when you get them developed, do what I do. Make sure Kodak paper is behind them. Just ask for Kodak paper for a good look. Kodak paper for a good look. Kodak paper for a good look. Make sure you look for a store with a Kodak paper sign. The one that says, we use Kodak paper for a good look. And tell them Michael sent you. Just ask for Kodak paper for a good look. Kodak paper for a good look. I like pepperoni, but it doesn't like me. You better pass with Digel. With the ingredients in Digel, relief from acid indigestion and gas starts in less than a minute. I like corned beef. I like cabbage. I like frank. I like beef. I like spaghetti. And meatballs. But they don't like me. Like something that doesn't like you. You better pass with Digel. Digel relief starts in less than a minute. For occasional use only as directed. Toro has come out with a great idea, and Pope Brothers has it. A powered snow shovel. It's a lightweight. It even hangs up where the old backbreaker is now. It's only $89.95, less a poke trade-in allowance, and you also get a 100-foot heavy-duty winterized extension cord. Just plug it in, squeeze the handle, and poof goes the snow. A real heart saver. Another great idea. Polk Brothers has Sylvia Porter's new money book for the 80s for you, free with your Toro. Filled with advice on Social Security, paying for college, stocks, banking, explained in simple terms. Hundreds of ideas on how you can beat the high cost of living and use your earnings, credit, savings, and investments to better your family's life. $24.95 at the bookstore. This two-volume hardcover, 1,448-page Sylvia Porter book is yours free with most major purchases at Polk Brothers, including your new Toro powered snow shovel. Visit Polk's nightly until 10 and until 6 on Sunday. We're about to bring you a time that none of us will ever know, or our children, or our children's children, or generations of them to come. This is a time long after the Second Hundred Years' War, 
when the world went mad and burned the green and fruitful earth to barren cinders. When the population was reduced by two-thirds, leaving the survivors to a virtual handful. This is a time of an absolute autocracy, a state in which every individual is born by selective breeding and condemned by the state to function only in the area prescribed for him or her. This could be what the future will be like. Ralph? Yes, Una, dear? It's time for your medicine. Oh, you don't have to act like a wife when we're alone. It can wait. I want you to take it. You need it. Oh, I may need it, but it won't help. In a minute. What are you looking at? The return of the conquering hero. Leader of our regiments, defender of the faith, General Mark Barden. Homeward the heroes from the hunts. Pirates and freebooters all. With their living plunder. With not one grain of moral sense. And not the compassion of one heart among them. Have they been on another... Well, let me close the windows. I don't even want the wind from their exhaust to touch me. You were saying, my dear... I was just asking if they'd been on another galactic raid. Beyond doubt. More and more frequently. Varden and that evil young man who's elevated himself to Emperor are getting desperate, as well they should. Emperor Condor is sitting on an uneasy throne. You think he might be overthrown? Oh, not from within. As long as he has his robot army to protect him. And as long as fresh blood is brought in to keep them from extinction... The people will still cling to hope. Although there isn't any. Hope for what? Oh, it's a long story, my child. A long history. And I don't feel like telling it tonight. Of course, you mustn't. You look tired and... Oh, Ralph, you look so ill. I'm suffering from a chronic complaint. Old age. Dr. Ralph Tremaine, professor of cybernetics, emeritus. But you are not retired. No, not quite yet. There are things I have to finish. You hear that? What, Ralph? The silence. The ship has landed. Now they'll feed the poor souls, whoever they are, to the lions. <laughs> Majesty. Greetings, General Barton. You're returned, I see. Bringing with me another glorious victory to lay at your Majesty's feet. Oh, spare me all that nonsense. Are you successful in your task? You can see for yourself if you'll allow me to tune in the viewing screen. Very well. You were gone an unconscionable time. These missions get more and more difficult. Why? Let me show you the fruits of this one first. There. It's coming into focus now. There's the latest catch. Mm-hmm. And where are they from? Rubos, a planet in the ninth galaxy. You had to go so far afield? As I said, it becomes more difficult all the time. Galaxy after galaxy is patrolled by police craft seeking us out. Only the black light envelope has kept our identity secret this long. Even then, I must slip through time warp after time warp to avoid discovery and recognition. Ah, what do they expect? We must raid them to keep our race alive, to maintain enough population to keep the whole fabric of existence viable. You know my answer to that, Majesty. No, General, no. I don't want to listen to that now. Perhaps these bodies milling about down in the square there will be the answer at last. <laughs> yes, tell me more about the planet. Rubos? It's a large planet, about the size of Jupiter in our solar system. Its distance in relation to size is approximately the same as our planets from our sun. The climate and the animal life is also analogous. Well, they look healthy enough and similar enough intelligence. Their average IQ is a good deal higher than ours. What? And their scientific capabilities considerably more advanced. We were lucky to make our raid and escape unnoticed. We were almost intercepted. Their communications must be magnificent. We were in a very remote part of what is a very large planet. 
And yet they were almost on us as we took off. Well, were you recognized? I hope not. Unless they had instruments to pierce the blacklight curtain. But I think we got away. Excellent, excellent. Then I won't scold you for the handful that you've brought me. They seem to be first-rate specimens. Next time I'll... Emperor Condor. Yes, General Varden? There will be no next time. What? No more raids. They are too dangerous. But you know we must have a constant supply of people of, of healthy bodies so we can weed out the poison that eats at most of us and destroys us. We will never weed it out. But it can be bred out. Once we find the right strain... Emperor Condor, listen to me. You think the radiation is carried inside us, bred in our genes. I don't believe it is. I think every generation reinfects itself from the earth of this planet, the seas that wash it, the space around it. No, 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 that can't be, General Varden. It's countless generations since the Holocaust. And it will be countless eternities before this planet is safe again for anything but robots. Don't mention those abominations to me. Why do you hate them so? They are the perfect slaves. Without them, you would have no army, no palace guards, and internal police to hold the common people in check. In check from what? <laughs> from ripping you and me and the rest of the ministers apart. No. There is only one hope. And that is? We must abandon Earth and resettle elsewhere. <laughs> don't, don't you think that hasn't been thought of eons and eons ago? But we are welcome nowhere, the pariahs of the universe. We do not ask. We will take. With what? I can't find enough healthy bodies to run basic services, let alone conscript an army. We do not need an army, except mine. Back to those obscene robots again. There aren't enough of them. They can be built, if you will allow me to reopen the plan. No. What are you afraid of? That somehow they'll take over? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Don't worry. They're nothing but a series of relays, transistors, printed circuits. They are programmed by men. I still don't trust them. Give me leave, Your Majesty, to go to Dr. Tremaine and have him start on blueprints for a new and improved model robot built only for war. No, no, not yet, not yet. Give me time to think. First, let me find among these slaves you brought back one woman who... Who may give me an untainted child? Yes? Quickly. I must not be seen. Close the door. Who are you? I am General Mark Varden. Close it. Forgive me, General. How are you? I am Una. You are a very beautiful woman, Una. Am I? Yes. Where did you come from? How... Ah, General Varden. To what do we owe the honor of your visit to me? Oh, I see you've met my wife. Your wife? Oh, yes, of course. I'd, I'd forgotten. The wedding took place while you were on your cruise. My mission, Dr. Tremaine. Ah, yes. Mission. Did you have success? I flatter myself I did. I have urgent business with you, Doctor. Shall we go to my study? For what I wish to talk with you about, your laboratory will be more appropriate. I know my way. Ralph, what is it? The last place I wanted him to be. Oh, well, with a little luck, we may be all right. Close the door, Dr. Tremaine. Very well. And I'll turn off all this apparatus. No. I prefer to take no chance that what I have to say might be overheard. Well, at least let me lower the volume. Fascinating. What are you brewing here, Doctor? What are these machines? Computers, oscillators, electronic microscopes, calculators. All the impedimenta of anyone who studies cybernetics. The scientist studies... Only to learn how little he really knows. But you know how to build robots. Yes. But we're not building anymore. I want you to be ready. I want you to start building me a prototype designed only for war. Does the Emperor know of this? 
It is better the Emperor doesn't know of everything. I'd have to have his permission first before I embarked on this. I wouldn't want to risk offending him. You will be far worse off offending me, Doctor. General, I am an old man. I haven't long to live, so threats are of little use against me. I wouldn't be quite so sure, my dear Dr. Tremaine. I'm going to take over another planet in some other galaxy. A clean planet, untouched by deadly radiation like ours. Take over? You you mean wipe out any inhabitants that are there? Exactly. With the robots I build for you? That's it. You are going to build me the army to fight it. And if I refuse? That is a lovely wife you have, Dr. Tremaine. No. A little young for you. It would be a pity for anything to happen to her. You wouldn't dare. Do not try me. One whisper to the emperor of my plans. Any attempt from you to hinder them. Any refusal to do my will to the best of your ability. And I will have your wife destroyed and buried in a forgotten grave. Well, Dr. Tremaine, are we partners or not? The general's eyes are chips of granite. And Dr. Tremaine knows this man only too well to doubt that he means every word he says. Mark Varden may be human, but he is as soulless as any robot. What choice can the old man make? I shall return shortly with Act Two. problem that prevents you from reading? Hello, this is Steve Allen with news about Choice Magazine Listening, a free service of the nonprofit Lucerna Fund. Six times yearly, Choice Magazine Listening brings you, on phonograph records, eight hours of selections from leading magazines. For information about a free subscription, write Listening, Box 10, Port Washington, New York, 11050. Remember, it's free. So write Listening, Box 10, Port Washington, New York, 11050. You know, the way the cost of living pressures everyone's pocketbook, the only way left to save any money these days is by shopping for everything. And that certainly holds true for auto insurance as well as everything else, too. Yes, you can save money on your auto insurance without sacrificing any coverage. You see, the quality of protection is not measured by price. And most people who drive overpay for the insurance coverage they receive. Now, you may be in this overpaying group. Why don't you call Arco American for a free quotation to discover if you can save up to 30% on your auto insurance. Arco American is one of Chicagoland's largest insurance agencies. And for over 22 years, they've been finding the right insurance coverage for their clients. So call the S94677 for your free phone quotation. The professionals at Arco American are expert at shopping and saving money for you. And number again is the S94677. Arco American, AARCO. They're open till 7 p.m. weekdays. Call for your free phone quotation to see if you qualify. ES94677. on the edge of a table in Dr. Tremaine's laboratory as he awaits the old man's answer. General Mark Varden lets his hawk eyes roam idly about the room. It is the ordered clutter of a busy scientist who is half chemist, half electronics wizard. His eye has just fallen on a large black box, almost like a coffin, when the old man speaks. You're right, General Varden. I have no choice. I was sure you would see it my way, Doctor. Such a ravishingly beautiful woman. Where did you find her? I, uh, she, uh, um, she was one of the group you brought back from Cygnus Three on your last mission. I overlooked her all the long journey home. I'm afraid you did. And I asked the Emperor for her hand the moment I found her. 
The emperor gave her to you? I'm unmarried, a widower. I had the right to ask, to demand. I'm surprised he acceded the way he feels about your robot. Don't be too surprised, no matter what he says. Only I can build them and program them. Now that all the others are gone, he needs his palace guard to shield him from you. So, he needs me. Nobody else is clever enough to build or service them? That will be taken care of very soon. In the meantime, don't push me too far. My dear doctor, I have no intention of subjecting you to any pressure now that we are agreed. I ask only the reassurance of being able to drop in from time to time to get progress reports. When I have some working drawings ready, I'll send for you. But carefully. Till I have told his majesty on the necessity of my plan. I have an assistant in the lab. A young man named Mac. No one knows him at court. I'll send him. Mac what? Just Mac. That's all you need to know. I'll leave standing orders for him to be admitted. (laughs) Now I must leave you. Oh, by the way. Yes, General? You say you never stopped studying. Just what have you been working on while I've been gone? I don't think it would interest you very much. On the contrary. You're quite sure you haven't been developing some sort of special robot for his majesty that just might upset the balance of power? What would make you think that? This curious box. Big enough to hold someone my size that looks like a coffin. A lid. Oh, it's, it's locked. Naturally. What's inside this curious box? That box is lined with lead. Inside it are a group of highly radioactive rocks, which I use in certain biological experiments that I've been conducting to try to neutralize their effect on the body. Then I shall give it a wide berth. I wouldn't want to try their effect on mine. If I can believe you. Well, I'll give you the key. And you may open it. But only after I'm out of this room and out of this house. Well? Come in. I'm sorry to disturb you, Ralph, but it's time for your medicine. General, that's quite all right, Mrs. Tremaine. I was just about to leave. Yes, the Emperor made you an extraordinary present. She's ravishingly lovely. Keep her that way, Doctor, at all costs. No, don't worry. I can see myself out. Is he really gone? What a dreadful, frightening man. Uh, he's all of that and more. I just had my medicine. I don't need any more. It was an excuse to come in. I knew you needed me. How? I don't know, except I always do. It's like a a wave, a shudder, the pulse of some electric alarm. What did that awful man mean about the emperor giving me to you? No, I don't want you to worry your pretty head. But I do worry. What do you think it's like not knowing anything about yourself or your family, where you came from or who your friends might have been, just waking up suddenly at the age of 25 and and just being? You you just have no memories. But why? That's uh, a sort of amnesia. Did I fall? Hit my head? No, you... Look, I'll tell you what I just told the general. You know this shipload of unfortunate people he just brought back? That he captured his slaves? What he has condemned them to is tantamount to slavery. And worse. But why? Why did he steal people away from their homes? Because sooner or later, everyone on this planet dies of a form of sickness caused by nuclear radiation. The emperor believes it is transmitted through the genes. And that by selective breeding to healthy stock... It can eventually be neutralized. Can it? No. Even if it were possible, this whole globe is one mass of radioactivity that would reinfect everyone again. Has it infected me? No. And it never will. I promise you that. 
But the others, all those poor women I saw on the viewing screen. They'll be sold to any male who's not yet given any signs of having the sickness. What a terrible, cruel man to try to drag the rest of the universe down because of our misfortune. And it's all so futile. The emperor won't believe it, but the cancer is already growing within him. If he had laid eyes on you, he undoubtedly would have chosen you as one of his consorts. Well, how did I escape? Oh. Is that what you told the general, that you took me instead? That's what I told him. But I... I have been no real wife to you. Oh, my dear, sweet girl. The marriage was only so I could hide you away and keep you safe. I think of you as a daughter. I had only one wife. And she died a long time ago. Of... of the sickness? Yes. And you know something? You were created in her image. You look exactly like her. Oh, Ralph. I do love you. And I feel so close to you. And I want you to know how strong my love is. That's all I want to hear. Give me all of it you want. But as a daughter. The child I never had. Because you were afraid that... Because if I couldn't give life... I refuse to bring anything into this world. You will be meeting someone soon. He'll be working with me. And it will be impossible to conceal his presence from you. He's someone very special. And I want you to... to understand about him. Is it a coffin? Oh, no. It's more like a cradle... I'm afraid suddenly I... There's nothing to be afraid of. You'll see. It's... It's a young man. And he's beautiful. Well, I hope not. Handsome is a better word. Perhaps. But he... Is he dead? Oh, no. This young man can't die. In the ordinary sense. He is, in a way... Immortal. I don't understand you. Well, this young man isn't a human being. He, he's a humanoid. A humanoid? Yes, a, a simulacrum. Something that's formed in the likeness of a human being. Oh, you mean like a mannequin or a dummy? Or... Oh, very far from that. I, I mean, he is identical in almost every respect with a human. And he will perform, act... Simulate almost every human control function. Only in Max's case, the motive forces are mechanical and electronic. Mac? Uh, that's what I call him. It's a sort of an acronym for what he is. Um, Mechanoelectric Activated Computer. You built him, made him, created him? Yes. Oh, how horrible. Oh, I was hoping that you wouldn't react like that. It's the last way I wanted you to feel. But he's nothing but a machine. Oh, a lot more than that. How can he be? It be. It's just a super robot. A, a thing. I don't think you'll feel that way about him when you meet him. I don't want to meet him. What are you afraid of, Una? I don't know. It... When I first saw him, I thought how beautiful he is. And my heart went out to him to... To be dead so young. And then you said... You said that he wasn't. That he was immortal. And the strangest feeling just washed all over me and grew inside. All warm and tingling and I couldn't understand it, but... I wanted it to last forever. Now you tell me he's only a machine. It's... I don't know. It's unclean. Somehow I want... I want to cringe. Then you've got to meet him to get rid of that feeling. All right. But only for you, Ralph. Well, let me just set the instruments first. All right. Just attach these electrodes. And step up the power. Watch, Una.
wake up, Mac. Hmm? Time to get to work. Hmm? Oh. oh, oh, doctor, I get... did. Did I fall asleep again? Not exactly. And cheer up, you won't anymore, except when you decide to. Oh, Mac, I want you to meet my wife. Oh, oh, it, it it's a pleasure to meet you, Mrs. Tremaine. How do you do? <laughs> Just great. I mean, you're really something to wake up to. I told you he'd surprise you. I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm frightened. Of me? Well, why? I don't know. I just don't want to... I'm afraid to be near you. I don't want to be near you. Did, did I do something wrong, Doctor? No. I'm the one. I just hope there'll be time enough left to set it right. What does Dr. Tremaine mean by that last statement? And why should Mrs. Tremaine have this strange fear of this all-too-human humanoid? Or is Mac, the mechanoelectric computer, something other than he or it seems? You're in for some surprising revelations in this bizarre history of the far-off future when I return shortly with Act Three. Thursday's A Night to Remember on CBS Television. Three great shows back again, back to back. We're looking good, starting with The Walton. The year is 1943 on Walton's Mountain. You'll want to share the heartwarming stories of love and sacrifice as World War II brings growth and change to America's favorite family. Next, the exotic beauty of Hawaii's tropical paradise is the setting for volcanic adventure and heart-stopping action with Jack Lord and an exciting new Hawaii 5-0 team. Then, Buddy Ebsen and Barnaby Jones teamed up for a new season of suspense and drama with Betty and JR. Barnaby Jones, the private eye who's easygoing on the outside while he fights to put the bad guys on the inside. Thursdays are a night to remember this fall on CBS Television. With CBS, Does your lipstick look terrific for the first half hour and then do a fast fade? Well, your nearby Walgreens Beauty Center has just the answer. New Max Factor Color Fast Lipstick. It's the indigenous new lipstick with an uncanny knack of staying on and on, even under the mistletoe. Max Factor Color Fast Lipstick is long-lasting, too, right through holiday toasts and festive dinners and those great moments that make Christmas the kissing season. Walgreens Beauty Center brings you Max Factor Color Fast Lipstick in eight fashion-right shades, from plum gorgeous to four-alarm red, all rich color that goes on creamy, lights up your face with lip shine like you've never seen. And Max Factor Color Fast lipsticks have the staying power you want. Tis the season to be colorful and new Max Factor Color Fast lipsticks. Just one of the many beautiful Max Factor cosmetics and fragrances for you at Walgreens, the Christmas Shoppers Center. Three weeks have passed. In the course of them, for whatever reasons of his own, Dr. Tremaine has tried to bring Una and his protege, Mac, together as much as possible. But Una still reacts to Mac with that strange, inexplicable fear. And the humanoid, although he obviously holds her in admiring awe, seems happy to have as few encounters with her as possible. But a rush of events are moving to a startling climax. A climax that builds rapidly as Mac visits General Varden at the palace, bearing a message from Dr. Tremaine. What does he mean he won't design the robots I ordered? I think he explained that in the message, General. You mean this nonsense about not being able to build machines of war? Well, if I remember, what he said was he can't. A can't in all conscience, I think was the phrase. I don't like your attitude. I have no attitude, sir. I was only trying to set the record straight. I find you insubordinate. What's your name? Mac, General. Mac who? Just Mac, that's all. Are you trying to make a fool of me? Oh, no, sir. Varden. General Varden, turn up your viewing screen so I know you're there. Yes, Your Majesty. 
Uh, that's better. I want to see you in my office immediately. What's wrong, Emperor? Wrong? Everything, you fool. I've just received a message from President Zorak of the Republic of Ruvas. Your ship was identified on that last raid, and now he's on his way to our planet to blow us out of the sky. Does he say when? No. Then with luck, I still can intercept him. I'll be right in, Your Majesty. You. Did you hear that? Yes, I did, General. Then take this message back to Dr. Tremaine. You tell him to get his blueprints ready for my factory to go into production. I need an army of robots, and they only have to do one thing. Fight. And you tell him also that he'd better conform, or his wife will be the one to pay the price. Oh, Mrs. Tremaine. Oh. I, I'm sorry if I startled you. Don't, don't come near me. Why do you dislike me so? Look, I, I've got to see Dr. Tremaine first, but I, I would like... resting. I don't want him disturbed. Well, it's important. I have a message from the general. It can wait. But you don't understand. You're the one in danger. The general threatened. You don't have to worry about the general's threats. My husband got a promise for protection from the emperor before he told him about General Varden's planning to build the robots in secret. My husband and I have nothing to fear from him. He should be under arrest by now. Does that satisfy you? Well... Yes, I... Uh, no. What else do you want? I'd... I'd like us to be friends. So would I. But I don't think that's possible. Why don't you leave me alone? Just leave me alone. But, Mrs. Tremaine, I... Una! It's all right, son. Mac, I should say. Don't bother her now. Come in the laboratory. I need to talk to you. Explain some things. Uh, General, there will be no necessity to fight. What do you mean? I contacted President Zorak and made, shall we say, uh, an arrangement. Am I to be informed of it? Worse, I've offered to return to him all his people who were abducted. And that satisfied him? Oh, I've also offered him you. As the criminal responsible for the brutal pirate raid, to do with as he likes. And you trust him? Without me, there's no one to fight him. And after he took off with me as prisoner, he'd still devastate this planet till there was not a living, breathing human being on it. Oh, he intends to do that, of course. They're all dying anyway. They? What about you? You'll die with them. Certainly not. He has promised me safe conduct to his country and the right to take my personal fortune with me. So, you sold me out. Gladly, just as you were planning to do to me as soon as you were ready with your new army of robots. See them, guards. I said, see them. <laughs> you really are a fool, Your Majesty. Just because these metal bodies are painted with the royal purple on their breasts, emblazoned with your coat of arms. You think that makes them yours? Seize him, my captain. Oh, let me go. I am the emperor. We're the emperor. Not anymore. If you think you can take my throne from me... I don't want your throne. Or you. From now on, the whole universe will be mine. You won't get away with it. When President Zorak lands and frees me, he'll follow you with his fleet of ships. He won't he know where to find me. There'll be no one to tell him where I went. The king is dead. Long live the general. The reason you felt no fear of Varden, Mac, is because I didn't program you for fear. <laughs> well, you mean, Dr. Tremaine, that every reaction I have you built into me? Yes. I picked a human model for you and tried to shape you as close to that model as I could. With certain exceptions. Who was the model, sir? Myself. You, sir? Well, very proud, but why would you want to go to all that trouble to duplicate yourself? Well, maybe because I had no other model I knew so well. And maybe because I'm dying and every man reaches for immortality. That's a part of it, but not all of it. 
not the real reason. And I made such a botch of it. I'm sorry if I don't measure up, sir. I'm the one to blame. I've... I've got to ask you to help me, Doctor. I, I, I can't stand it any longer. Well, I'll help you in any way that I can. Then unmake me, sir. Destroy me. D dismantle me. Why? Because... Because I love her and she can't stand the sight of me. She... She molds me. And I don't want to go on being, knowing that. Why, Doctor? Why does she hate me so? She doesn't hate you, Mac. Quite the opposite. It's better if I don't believe that. There never was any hope for me because she's real and I'm only a copy. She's a human being and I'm not much better than a robot. You are a humanoid. Something very special and unique. The first man of your kind in the history of time. Still gives me no right to Una. Why not? She is the same as you. She... What? When I said you were the first man of your kind, I didn't mean the first creation. The first was a woman. Una. Una is, is like me? Una is like herself. Or, if you wish, like my wife. My real wife. My first and only one. I put into Una all the things I recalled about my wife. Sweetness, laughter, some tears, kindness, and the beauty inside that only makes the outer look more exquisitely lovely. And then I brought her to life. But I made one terrible mistake. What mistake? When she came to life, she was so full of the joy of it, the sheer delight in being... I was awestruck. I didn't have the heart to tell her that, that... That she was just a machine. Yes. But you'll, you'll have to tell her sooner or later. I know. But I'm a coward. One part of me that I didn't build into you, Mac. I keep waiting for the right time, but... What's that? Front door, sir. I mean, who would ring like that except... It's General Varden. We mustn't let Una open the door. General Varden. How nice of you to greet me. Come, my love. You're leaving with me. Let her go, Varden. Stop right where you are. I'm armed. Don't shoot him, please. Don't, Mac. It's all right. He can't hurt me. I hit you point blank with the disintegrating ray. Let go of Una. Stay back. If you move one step closer, I promise you I'll turn the ray on her. Give me the gun. If I can't have her, no one shall. <laughs> Una! <laughs> I won't bother with the rest of you. Zorak is on the way here to blow you all to bits. I'll let him take care of you while I make my escape. You won't get away from me. Jack, stay where you are. No, what What have you done? I can't move. He'll... He'll get away. Let him. But he killed Una. Don't be silly. He couldn't hurt her any more than he could you. You're not hurt, are you, Una? Oh, no. When he fired, I was so afraid. I, I blacked out for a moment. It's all right, Una. There's no need to be afraid anymore. He's gone. And, and I'm alive. He fired at me point blank. I felt the shock, but I'm alive. He also fired at Mac. And it had no effect on him. But Mac is... a humanoid. Then that means that I'm a humanoid, too. Yes, child. Forgive me. I, I haven't had the heart to tell you the truth. The heart? Oh, Ralph, you couldn't have told me anything more wonderful. Because now, now there's nothing between us. I can give my heart to Mac the way I did when I first saw him. Oh, Una, my darling. Why did you stop me and let him get away? I don't think he will. Listen. Zorak has caught him. General Varden has opened fire. That means that Zorak will know he's been betrayed. If he defeats the general, then he'll bomb us all to dust. I don't care as long as we're together, Mac. You don't have to care. He can't harm either of you. Oh, 
Doctor. What is it? It's the curse of this planet. Finally taking him. Come on, Una. Help me get him to bed. What's happening? It's uh, Zorak, sir. He destroyed General Varden, and now he's wiping the rest of us out. Not you and Una. We don't care. We're together. Of course you care. This fortress I built on the side of the mountain will stand, except for a lucky hit. But the radiation afterwards... Will not affect either of you. You will still live. All else is dead. Including me. No. Well, my days were numbered anyway. I wanted children. Always. You were the best I could offer against fate. You must fight to exist. Well, isn't that futile, Doctor? The two of us alone. One thing you couldn't give us is the ability to reproduce. Of course I could. Stored in your memory banks is all I have learned. And what I learned is from the accumulated wisdom of man since he first started to reason. Deep in the mountains are stores of parts and transistors. And all you need to build in the image of yourselves. Your children, who in turn will build their images to become their children. Until at last... The earth will be inherited again. Every new world that ever began sprang from despair. And those who refused to stop hoping make this your, your new world. Oh, Ralph. Ashuna, his life here was over. Listen. What? Listen. They've stopped bombing. The destruction's over. It's time to start building again. Is there a moral in this story? Ask yourself. The amoeba reproduces by separation. A flower by cross-pollinization. Sponges and spores in their own spontaneous fashion. The animal kingdom is not the only one and holds no royal prerogative. Who is to say that tomorrow what we think of as a machine may not capture the future? Laxatives work in different ways. That's why you should know about X-Lax pills. Overnight, X-Lax pills gently stimulate your system's own natural rhythm. Your own natural rhythm. And that makes all the difference. So try X-Lax pills for gentle overnight relief. X-Lax pills for occasional use only as directed. Now you can soften hard, callous skin without painful cutting or scraping. Apply stainless Dermasoft cream to your feet as directed. Insist on Dermasoft cream. Take your contact. Take it now. Give your cold to contact. I'm going to change your mind about nighttime cold medicine. You see, of all major medicines, only one works up to 12 hours against the cloggy virus symptoms that keep you awake. Only contact. One capsule's relief stays with you all through a long night's sleep, no matter what cold virus attack. Only contact. Keep your cold to contact. Take only as directed. The moment you step into Polk Brothers Television Department, your eyes go wild. Hundreds of brand new, brand name 1980 models turned on and operating. You'll see the name Sony, all their models, their new 26-inch console, the new long-playing Sony Betamax video cassette recorder, color and black and white portables, their Polk priced, even bigger savings thanks to Polk trade-in allowances. And with your purchase of any Sony TV at all Polk Brothers stores, a free Polk gift designed to help your entire family enjoy a better life. 
the two-volume hardcover 2495 edition of Sylvia Porter's new money book for the 80s. Specific expert advice on everything from college loans to budgets, buying T-bills to wills, over 1,400 pages of tips on beating the high cost of living. Polk Brothers is proud to bring you this free gift with most major purchases. We're convinced it can be the greatest financial counselor your teenagers or you could ever have. So get set for the 80s at Polk Brothers, night little 10 till 6 on Sunday. was the English poet laureate Alfred Tennyson who said, For I dipped into the future, far as human eye could see, saw the vision of the world, and all the wonder it could be. Perhaps we have dipped even deeper than Lord Tennyson to glimpse a reflection of the universe. Could it be that man himself is not the total answer? Our cast included John Beale, Terry Keene, Gordon Heath, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. For the first time in living memory, the hodgepodge sewing room was neat and tidy. Everything had been cleared away for the wedding dress. And a sheet spread on the floor. When the material and pattern were laid on it, Miss Mamie kneeling to cut... She touched the satin with such tenderness. I could really have cried. It was as if she were in her garden, touching her flowers. Am I doing it all right? Why, I needn't be here at all, Miss Mamie. No one could possibly do it better. I'm making a wedding dress, Mrs. Browning. I'm making a wedding dress. You certainly are. Now, would you like me to cut out the panels while you bake Don't the... Don't you... Touch it. Don't you dare touch it. Not any of it. I know what to do. I've always known. Don't you touch it. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.